is he? Tells me to meet him in a car park, and he's not even here. What are you doing? I mean, that's not answered my question. What are you doing? Oh, I'm a bloody ghost! You're not. You're just under a sheet. And technically, not a sheet, it's bedding. Right, yeah, it's Thundercats duvet cover. I can see that. How's that supposed to be scary? One, because Thundercats hasn't been invented yet because we're in the 80s. Because this is me doing Stranger Things. Ooh, legally different from Stranger Things. Uh, but And two... It's the one with the least uh, stains. Right. I mean, you, the hole that you've cut out to speak through does appear to be where Snarf's bum hole would be. Uh, it's hard to tell either way, though, anyway, when it comes to Snarf. <laughs> it's the episode title, isn't it? Snarf's bum hole. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dotless Chat Summer Show. <laughs> I'm Ben Baker. And I'm Phil Cattrall. Could you please come out from that sheet? Oh, sorry, sorry. It's, a bit, it's a bit warm. Yeah. Uh, hi, and welcome to uh, Legally Separate from Stranger Things, a mid-80s Americana episode. Yeah, but it is both, uh, legally speaking, neither Hawkins, Indiana, nor he- Erie, Indiana. No, no, we're in Malkins from Strangler Things. Mor- Strangler Things. Thanks. Morkins is, of course, where Mork and Mindy was set. <laughs> Yet still trying to capitalise on it. Boy, do you remember when we'd go and uh, eat at McDonald's and play on the Atari Tron and throw Reese's Pieces at a cat? I mean, the Atari was more late 70s, but yeah, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. <laughs> 80s! Hey! <laughs> so, for our first chat this week... What could be more 80s than McDonald's? Yes. Uh, well, I, I mean, mean, the fact he's still going is... Yes, and, it's and also it, 90s, noughties and 2010s, yeah. Yeah, and since the 50s. But it, it, what is our first list this week? Okay, our first list is um, Forgotten McDonald's Mascots. Now, obviously, if you ask most people to name mascots, there's pretty much only Ronald McDonald around now, isn't there? Pretty, pretty much, yeah. I mean, I think in, in sort of the 90s, early noughties, it, it shifted more towards, here's Ronald McDonald and also some Disney. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for, for a good while, McDonald's had their own set of, of characters who lived in McDonald's land. Get yourself ready for a trip through McDonald's land. Take along a friend and grab a hold of Ronald's hand. people will probably remember from that were Mayor McCheese who had a burger for a head Ham- Hamburglar who was always he was always burgling hams oh and, I burgling damn hams and, uh, and Grimace who was a purple thing git <laughs> <laughs> that's a, he wasn't <laughs> git what have you got against Grimace 
he, he's been going through my bins, licking the wrappers of discarded... T- I don't know. I mean, fill in. Fill in what you want. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. I voted no and Grimace, known the causes of Grimace. <laughs> What's the cause of Grimace? Boggers. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, should we... Because, um... of course, if people... Some people won't remember, like, you know, Mayor McTeese and that, and, and we've managed to find ten, but dolls' mascots are even more obscure than that. Yes. Let's start with ten. At ten, Birdie the Early Bird. Yeah. I mean... So... Very, very much like ha- hammering a point on there. <laughs> bird face, the birding bird. So, so yeah, in the, in the early... 1980, in fact... Um, they started doing their their breakfast items. Did McDonald's and they used Birdie the early bird to promote those. Cool. I mean, I kind of feel like breakfast wasn't ever aimed at kids. To be fair, <laughs> it was more of an adult thing. But well, I mean, she she got an origin story then. Okay. Uh, a giant egg falls from the night sky into McDonald land, <laughs> and, and Ronald McDonald decides to show the egg some love. So, <laughs> not not like you think. It's no, not, no. There's nothing funny about it, Ben. He just looks after an egg. I mean, a bird saying, please eat my eggs, is already... Yes, <laughs> it's not. It's not great, is it? I mean, it fits uh... in with, you know, Mayor McCheese promoting burgers. Please eat my skull. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, can we eat number nine? I hope not. Trash cans. <laughs> Talking twin trash cans, which lasted from 1970 through to 1985, uh, singing songs about... Feeding them rubbish. I, so bins. <laughs> bins. Talking. Would you mind letting us have the paper, please, when you're through? Don't forget to feed the waste baskets at McDonald's. In McDonald's land at McDonald's. I assume they only did to nineteen eighty five because that's when they got their little and large contract on BBC One. <laughs> Trash cans were great until they went to Thames at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Number eight. Eight. The McNugget Buddies. A bunch of chicken McNuggets ran from 89 to 2001. Uh, apparently sometimes they were shown as large McNuggets with chicken beaks, chicken wings and cowboy boots. Uh, there we go. That's that, <laughs> that beak word again. Beaks. Who wants a McNugget with a beak? <laughs> I don't understand why they would think that. It's like, yeah, come and buy our nuggets. They walk around and flap their wings at you and have a mouth. And they're crunchy when bitten. <laughs> anyway. No buddies of mine, I'm telling you. Quite like the cowboy boots, though. Stylish. Stylish. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Number seven. Number seven, the Fry Kids. Oh, so they all went round going, Pish toss and seven pence tivins and boo. Yeah, they, no. they were introduced in the early 80s and then progressively got worse as time went on. No. Um, <laughs> a bit of fries and some nuggets. <laughs> yeah, so they're like ball-like pom-pom things with legs and eyes but no arms. Uh, oh, them. Know, yeah, yeah, that's the Fry Kids. Um, All right, I wonder what the hell they were meant to be. Yeah, they appeared up until 1996. I still don't know what the hell they were meant to be. You can call them the Fry Kids if you like. They don't look like fries. Or they don't kids. look like they've got anything to do with a fry. I don't I don't think calling them the Ball Kids, though. Is... No, no. Hairy Ball Kids. That's probably a bad idea, yeah. Uh, number six. Number six. 
I am hungry. That's lovely, but what is number six? Ah, ha, ha, ha. So he was a, he was a short-lived character who was the self-proclaimed vice president of snacking. <laughs> he was a floating, fast-moving green fuzzball with orange arms and a monstrous face. Um... <laughs> Who would show up when uh, when Ronald McDonald and other characters were 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 eating with a birthday child and would constantly crave food and not stop pestering them till he got fed. So a, a homeless man, a homeless green ball, <laughs> vice president of going through bins. He would just turn up at birthday parties and go, "Get get some chips, get some chicken. Can I, can I have a chip?" Uh, this vice president of snacking. Uh, who was the yeah. president? Well, he was the self-proclaimed vice president of snacking, which to me suggests if you're going to proclaim your job title, just aim as high as you want. Why would you take like a, a mid-level executive position yeah. rather than... Have more belief in yourself, man. I am the god king of burgers. <laughs> number five. Uh, number five, Vulture. Not a lot of information on this one. An unnamed vulture who spoke in a monotone voice. Not really sure. That's what the kids want. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess. Hello there, would you like some fries? <laughs> I'm going to eat your spleen, yeah. yeah. We'll eat child. <laughs> That's what kids want, more vultures. <laughs> Number four. Number four, Griddler. <laughs> oh, forever griddling. <laughs> So, yeah, a short-lived character to promote the McGriddles, which we don't get over here. Um, no, what are I don't they? think. Um, hang on. Hang on. I'm going to Wikipedia it. Live research! We, we can griddle them! We have the technology! The Muc- McGriddle Muc- is... technology. Oh, it's a type of breakfast sandwich. You can have sausage, sausage, egg and cheese, bacon, egg and cheese, mm. scrapple, egg and cheese. Don't know what scrapple mm. is. Only in Philadelphia. Spam egg and no. cheese in Hawaii, in ha- no. Hawaii only. No. Magnum PI wants his what? spam. Ben, he wants his spam. Damn, yeah, no, you don't get that on them Elvis Presley Hawaii things, do you? Like, I just just a big, big, big spam and chips twice. John Hillerman would not do a take until he got his spam. Everyone knows that. Yeah, it's true. Um, it's true. There was also uh, limited time trials of chicken, um, but I I don't agree with breakfast chicken. I don't think that's right. I still no. But anyway, no, it's not available over here. U.S., Turkey, Canada, Poland, Japan, Guatemala, Mexico, the Philippines, Singapore, and New Zealand. All under the claw of the griddler. I want to see what griddler looks like. Hang on. Well, have a look outside. He's outside the window. He's not. And also, you live on the third floor, so that'd be really weird. Yeah, he's, he's a, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. I can't find a picture of Griddler. Uh, I have found uh, a picture of some something called the Ham Murderer, uh, <laughs> which is is just a man in a prison uniform eating a burger with a bloody knife. So cool, that's, that's, upsetting, that's and delicious. <laughs> a three, a three, Cosmic, Cos. <laughs> MC. No, he was an alien that wore a large spacesuit and talked like a surfer dude. So very much the Poochie of McDonald Land. <laughs> because, like, yeah, because they had to define this one as an alien, even though there are things called Fry Kids and McNuggets yeah. and Beaks and whatever a Griddler is. 
Yeah, and <laughs> whatever Grimace is, and a man who's yeah. a burger. But that one's the alien. <laughs> yeah, he he appeared between 1980 and 1985, but he reappeared in 1999 when the McDonald gangland went to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> And I believe we've just uh, celebrated the anniversary of yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. It's the 20th anniversary of Ronald McDonald going to the moon, as it turns out. Why has all the attention been on the people that actually went to the moon? Oh. <laughs> One small step for man, burgers. <laughs> Number two! Number two, Mac Tonight. It was like a sort of a moon head guy with sunglasses who played the piano using the song Mac the Knife, but with, with different lyrics to uh, to advertise burgers. It's a good time for a great taste dinner at McDonald's. Portrayed by Doug Jones in one of his early roles. Uh, so obviously he looks terrifying. Yeah, I'm gonna say like the first thing I can remember Doug Jones being credited as was one of the gentlemen in that hush yeah. episode of Buffy, the silent one. <laughs> um, but yeah, they they stopped airing the adverts and retired the character after settling a lawsuit brought by Bobby Darren's estate in <laughs> 1989. Please do not sell burgers with my signature song. <laughs> Ah, number one, the, the forgottenest, McDonaldiest, mascotiest character is Uncle O'Grimacy. <laughs> oh, I, I, unfortunately, so, I wish I could feign ignorance of this, but I saw a picture of Uncle O'Grimacy many years ago. Because if you've seen Grimace, he's just a big purple thing. Yeah, big purple blob. Uh, I know Uncle O'Grimacy differences. Green. <laughs> not not just that. Not just that. Green. And he wears a frock coat covered with four-leaf clovers. Carries a shillelagh. Normal. Everything looks green. Oh, green butterfly. Uh, I'm green footprint. Uncle O'Grimacy. Hello, boys. I'm back. And I'm painting everything green to match the shamrock shade. So, yeah, he, only, he would only pop up in, in March for St. Patrick's Day. Um, to to advertise the St Patrick's Day shake, the Shamrock Shake, which was green. Oh, what is the obsession America has with St Patrick's Day? They're way more into it than we are. They're all they're all Irish. Of course, you don't know. Of course, everyone in America is is from somewhere else. We all know this. They also m- mistake having gone somewhere with having been from there. Yeah, that is that, that is, is a thing they do. <laughs> I just love the idea that we've got to a point now where McDonald's characters can trace their Irish heritage. <laughs> it's like, has Grimace been on who do you think you are? <laughs> Uncle O'Grimacy will have sorted out his Irish passport. He's all set for Brexit now. He's fine. Yeah, it's all the rest <laughs> of us are knackered. <laughs> yep, <laughs> exactly. So thanks for that, McDonald's. This is somehow your fault, I've decided, I guess. <laughs> Makes as much sense as anything else. Oh, McDonald's. In McDonald's land. Oh, McDonald's. Right, uh, well, that is the first list taken care of. And, ooh, is, are you feeling any spookier yet in this spooky 80s? There's a Demogorgon. Look. I don't know what a Demogorgon looks like. Oh. Do you know what a Demogorgon looks like? 
yeah, I do. Yeah, do I've you? seen it. Okay. Yeah. That's just a bin, isn't it? <laughs> imagination. <laughs> Speaking of imagination, it was very much going throughout all of the 80s. There were so many, we think of the films and the fashions and the grimaces <laughs> and related grimaces. family. Yep. And we especially all remember catchphrases from the 80s. Uh, British catchphrases, obviously, like, can I have a pee, please, Bob? Lovely wasps. And, of course, fire them c***ing darts into the f***ing board, John. <laughs> But... You moron. but what about those catchphrases that swept America? I've got ten catchphrases for you, Phil. And yes, oh it's God. the quiz, which means five of them are fake. So, which of these are real American TV catchphrases from the 1980s? Okay. Number one. What are you talking about? Willis? I mean, I think you might have got the cadence wrong, but I believe that is a real one. No, that is fake because I'm talking actually about Willis. Oh. Willie Tanner is going around stealing Alf's equipment. <laughs> I hate you. Number two. Let's be careful out there. Yeah, that's Hill Street Blues. Yeah, it's Hill Street Blues. I'm sorry if you'd seen it because obviously it's before our time, but I've, I've not. I've not seen it. I've just, I, I've absorbed that one via osmosis, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's the thing with cat services you do. Like, number three, kiss my grits. That is one, isn't it? I, I, are you asking? I'm telling you. I'm me. telling you. It is. It's from Alice. Um, oh. Uh, Floor. She's on Channel Floor a lot in the 80s. Uh, Did you say Channel Floors? Channel Floor. I did say Channel Floor because I said Floor and it all got confusing. <laughs> Yeah, it was on Channel 4. It was, a, it was kind of a TV version of Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore about a woman who wants to be a Nashville singer and gets a job in a diner. And, right. Yeah, it was on for ages okay. in America. Fair and, enough. And that was the phrase what came out of it. Fair enough. Number four. Keep your voice down. You want to inform the Navy? That That's not a real one, is it? But... It wouldn't be good if it were. Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah. I don't. I don't know why that one was very definitely something you'd written, but it definitely was. <laughs> Five. Control the pet population. Have your pets spayed and neutered. That was one. Yes. Was it Bob Barker? It is Bob Barker. Yeah. He said it at the end of every episode of The Price Is Right. In, really? Because uh, he's very animal conscious, you know. Okay. I, I remember it being in a, a, an itchy and scratchy at the end of one of those, wasn't it? Spay and neuter your pets. Um, yeah. But yeah. Apparently dog sex was a massive issue in America in the 80s. <laughs> You just wanted to say dog sex. Yeah. <laughs> Number six. Read a book, you putts. That seems like it should be one, so I'm going to go with, with real for that one. Nice fake, oh. nice fake. Uh, all these are available, three quid each, obviously. <laughs> Number seven, champagne wishes and caviar dreams. That's a real one. It was Robin Leach, actually, it should be said. Champagne wishes and caviar dreams. Or something similar to that, because it's the guy who was on Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Number eight, holy macanole. It's from Punky Brewster. Oh. <laughs> Holy mackinole. not words. seen it. George Gaines from the Police Academy's oh. Adopts a Child and 
antics happen. Right. It's one of them ones where you learn a lesson. When you say antics happen, do any of them in- involve a sex worker on a podium, or is that just when he's in the police academy? No. <laughs> yeah, no, he has that written into his contract that happens in every one of his projects. <laughs> Number nine! Lost the right one to a gator. Ooh. That sounds like it's from something. I'm gonna go with... No, I'm gonna go fake. It is fake. It is oh. fake. Uh, but I was pretty... I played that one because it does sound genuinely like it's from anything from that period. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number 10, and this one, there's a little bit of an inflection on this one. Uh-huh. <clears throat> In case... Yeah, no, I bet this is going to be a really subtle one because number 10 is always the <laughs> subtle one. Yeah, no, it is. Hey, hey, man! Eat my balls, you big blonde bag of fuck! <laughs> yeah, he did say that every episode. Exactly like that. That's what he said. Well, what was your favourite catchphrase of the 80s? Um, my favourite catchphrase was, it's fast and furious in the ready money round, Ben. That was my favourite 80s catchphrase. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we have a very special episode of Funky Brewster. Based on an idea submitted to us by Jeremy Reams, age eight. Congratulations, Jeremy, and thanks for the great idea. And finally, on a spooksome 80s Americana themed episode, what could be more American than videotapes? I mean, they were, they were quite universal, but you know. I mean, they were invented by JVC, which is a Japanese company, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it might have stood for John. No, I've got nothing. No, I've got don't, nothing. Don't worry. Uh, so, <laughs> have you managed to find a chart based around videos? I have been. Ooh-hoo. I have found loveantiques.com. 10 Most Valuable VHS Tapes. Now, that's Love Antiques. Uh, I know you were you were thinking of ambivalent antiques. Yeah. <laughs> Initially, oh. I, I also tried absolutely sick to the back bloody teeth of <laughs> antiques. But all of their links just said, I don't care. <laughs> that was it. Just, oh, just sent you to the Never the Twain box set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the entire website is just a big Toby jug with uh, Lindsay Davis's face on it saying, go away. <laughs> and then Dennis Sidden's trousers fall down and he says, whoops, there goes my night hunt. <laughs> So these are the 10 most valuable. valuable. So these are the ones people are actually prepared to pay money for. Yes, uh, and I would also say valuable does not mean good. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm saying now, grot and people being murdered horribly. <laughs> I mean, there's certainly some of that. Well, let's start with number 10 and see where it comes in. Number 10 is Black Decameron? Decameron. It's an Italian costume drama from the 70s, um, which has five individual stories in. Does anyone get the boobs out at any point? The second one, the description that Wikipedia has of the second story in there is, a man is married to a nymphomaniac and asks his friend's help to help solve this problem. So I'm going to assume yes. I'm going to guess that the answer is some more sex. Yes, <laughs> almost, almost certainly. <laughs> Um, and how much would I be able to buy Black Decameron from? You would be able to buy this, Ben, for £800. What? 800 quid for a video? 
hundred pounds. Now oh, I'm as, I'm assuming that someone rented this in 1974, and this is the accumulated late fees. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they are buggers for that. They will get you. At nine. At nine, flesh eaters. Not zombie flesh eaters, not like you thought. I did, I did think that, you're right, it's true. Not the renegade space marine faction from Warhammer 40,000, not them, that's different, Ben. Um... Warhammer. Uh, <laughs> the other reason I flesh eaters is because I've heard of zombie flesh eaters, and most ones go, not that one. Not that one, yeah. <laughs> I think it is meant to be just as gory. Well, yeah, I mean, it's from 1964, and it's apparently very, very gory. For a film from 1964. Oh. You can imagine the audience for this, can't you? It's a bit yeah. upsetting. <laughs> Once again, Ben, £800 for flesh eaters. I mean, I probably could, like, eat someone's flesh and get fined, and it would be less than that. <laughs> yeah. I, I should point out, if anyone listening is thinking of becoming one of the undead, please talk to a GP you know, Samaritans, something like that. It, it can all be changed. But but before you do turn fully, please remember to like, subscribe, and yeah. sign up for the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> because let's be honest, you're not going to need the money once you are a shambling undead. Whereas we will shamble very much alive. With yeah. Uh, Patreon.com slash dollars. <laughs> An eight! An eight. I can give you one of three different titles for this film. <laughs> okay. Possibly four. Right, it's listed here as Don't Open the Window. It is also known as Let Sleeping Corpses Lie. It is also known as The Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue, which is the title by which you are more likely to have heard of it. Yes, I have heard of it. I've heard of that. I think... That was one of the long-listed video nasties, which is kind of an area which interests me. Kind of just the uh, censorship for no real reason other than someone decides that one's bad, that one's not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dear, I, I'm sure it's delightful. It's a sci-fi zombie film rather than a, a okay, that's a, su- a supernatural one. Uh, seven, seven, Lamora, Lady Dracula, which is also known as Lamora. Or a child's tale of the supernatural, or the legendary curse of Lamora. I mean, what you're really paying for with these expensive VHSs? Did we say how much the last one was? Last one. Oh no, we didn't. We didn't. Last one was nine hundred pounds. Um, Jeez. What you what you're paying for? Is, I mean, really, this is four films for the price of of one. Really, if you uh, okay. if you take all these titles and divide the number of titles by the total cost, <laughs> you're barely paying three hundred pounds per title. You know, this is another £900 one. Um, oh, good God. <laughs> has it got a Lady Dracula in it? It has. Smashing. Uh, is she called Lamora? It is. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Smashing. <laughs> there used to be a comic strip in the 70s, I'm fairly sure it was the 70s anyway, called Draculas. Right. Which is like Dracula's daughter who just tried to bite people on the knees. It was just like, different times. <laughs> yeah, th- thanks, I guess. It's before we knew. Again, if you're thinking of being a vampire... Yeah, I mean, it certainly wasn't the message of the the earlier Dracula films that vampirism was bad. No, no, indeed. Or the book. (laughs) That is another £900 one. Oh, God. And I assume it's going to go up when we get to number six. Number six is Journey into the Beyond. Ooh. 
So this is a thousand pounds. So this is this is narrated by John Carradine. All right, I'll give you five quid for that. Fair enough. It's written by Paul Ross. I assume not that one. <laughs> I'm taking four pound off for that. And yeah, it's a sort of you know, like faces of death. Yes. Oh, well, it's like real footage of horrible yeah. things happening. So, so on the poster for this is listed exorcism, bare-handed surgery, levitation, and voodoo torture. Voodoo Those are the torture. four things. Those. That is the four things. I think they should give that bear its hands back personally or it will never pass uh, any of its medical tests. Any bears in number five? No. Well, maybe. It's not clear. Um, the legend of Hillbilly John. Hillbilly John. Hillbilly is... John. Hillbilly uh, John. Is, I'll be honest, that's as much as I've got, but I, I'm working on it. I'm going to send that off to Weird Al Yankovic uh, any time. You should do that. Can, can I read you the IMDb plot description? I would be sick if you didn't. Good. Uh, a wandering ballad singer in the Appalachians meets an ugly bird-type creature, is transported back in time, finds himself involved in the devil's work. That is that is I what mean, I have for you. That's lead. Yeah. The, the, that is, like, Inception-style. That is that is the full description I can give you. Oh. The actor that plays Hillbilly John... John uh, Hillbilly. ...has no other credits. Really? No, his name is Hedges Capers. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an awful Laurel and Hardy cartoon from the 70s. He has, he has no other credits, but we do know who both of his wives were. IMDb, thanks! Oh, hedges Kippers. Any hedges in number four? No. Well, maybe. Celestine, which... It sounds filth already. It's... it's it, Well, the full title is Celestine Made at Your Service. M-A-I-D. <laughs> Not... Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, would you like the plot description? I think you would. Is it imperative? I think so. The police raid a brothel and a prostitute escapes into the countryside... The woman, Celestine, ends up at a rich folks' house where she ends up sleeping with two of the servants who then get her a job as a maid. So, yeah, it's grot. Oh. French, French grot. <laughs> that deal actually escaped. It's like, run free! <laughs> you know, they're running off the French maids that they did. <laughs> Several men are trampled to death every year, yes. <laughs> How much for that? How much for that? How much effectively am I paying for a tug for that <laughs> That one, I um, oh, should also say, be really bad at this. Legend of Hillbilly John was also a thousand pounds. Celestine, eleven hundred pounds. That is an expensive one. <laughs> I believe that's the tagline for the film. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, uh, betrayed. This one's an anomaly because it's got people you've heard of in it, and it made money. So what? It's written by Joe Esterhouse. It's got Deborah Winger and Tom Berenger in it. Who else is in it? John Mahoney's in it. Fraser's dad's in it. What? Yeah. How much is it? This one is another £1,100 one. And it's about an FBI agent infiltrating a neo-Nazi white supremacist community. Oh, I hope that's not why it's going for. Although I'm assuming that he's not going in to say... God, neo-Nazism, sorry, smashing, isn't it, kids? Yeah, no, because you know, in the uh, in the 80s, we, we thought neo-Nazis were bad. Thank goodness we've all come round on that idea. <laughs> Sad, I, uh, 
<laughs> Tom Berenger in 1996 said it was his, his favourite film. Well, don't, don't speak too soon, Tom, because you might be in number two. Christ. No, he's not. He's sure. Are you definitely sure? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take the lead on this one a bit. Uh, this one is the Beast in Heat. <laughs> well, this is when, of course, for, uh, Doctor Fraser Crane's character from X Men got paparazzi snapped. No, no. Unfortunately, that would be almost watchable. The, the Beast in Heat is one of the things that me and uh, our friend Tim Worthington became a little bit obsessed with. Just like the title is just so awful. I was gonna say to be clear. Obsessed with it as a punchline, rather than... Yes, no, yeah, no, I've never seen it, uh, yeah. and I never will. It's about, basically, an SS doctor who creates a monster that then molests and tortures female prisoners while the Nazis watch, because, you know, that's what they did. Yeah, so this is this is the same sort of school of work as things like Ilsa Shewolf of the SS, which somehow became a franchise. Well, I mean, the other titles are... SS Hellcamp, SS Experiment Part 2, and Horrifying Experiments of SS Last Days. All of which sound like they could be on Quest right now. (laughs) No, five, five extra, more five, even more five. Five worst. If you, for some reason, want that, that is £1,200 to you. Jesus Christ. You can have an holiday for that. Yeah. Hey, kids, do you know how we, you, we said we were going to go to Walton Towers? I've bought Beast and Eat instead. <laughs> and we're all going to watch it. God. Ah, number one, the most viable VHS tape today is... Frankenstein's Castle of Freaks. Dr. Frankenstein discovers the secret of life. Why, it's that crazy Frankenstein. Oh, no. All right, all right, no hasty judgment. Now tell me, Hanson, are you sure she's disappeared and not just visiting friends? So yeah, for for £1,500, this one can be yours. What? It is once again a 1974 Italian horror film. That's that's the niche. You can buy a car for this. (laughs) It wouldn't be a good car, to be fair. No, but it wouldn't be a good film either. No, it wouldn't. Oh, God. Now, once again... Uh, some of our listeners may have heard of this under other names because it was also released as Terror Castle, The House of Freaks, The Monsters of Dr. Frankenstein. In the UK, it was released as Frankenstein's Castle. Which I so, feel yeah. kind of undersells it a little bit. You know, yeah. it's just like Frankenstein Castle. It's just a tour. Cool. Group. I mean, is it a tourist, <laughs> tourist kind of video or can, can yeah. I get it for free if I've got a, a National Trust badge? National Trust membership, yeah, yeah. No, this one's English heritage, unfortunately. Oh. Um, so, so, plot summary here a Neanderthal man is lynched by villagers and <sighs> Count Frankenstein brings the monster back to life. Basically, that's what he does. Trying to avoid detection from the authorities and the locals, his creation escapes and wreaks havoc. But it's different because this is a Neanderthal man. Yeah, as opposed to a man. A man. (laughs) That is the best, most expensive video that you can buy to not watch because you don't have a VHS player anymore because you're not tech moan. Coming soon to this theatre. And that is it. Uh, we have uh, uh, used up our allotted time here in the 80s in Markins for Stanglathongs. Yeah, sure. Just some, some words. Stanglathongs. We've yeah. had a lovely time. And we have to leave bef- before we inadvertently create a time paradox here. Yeah. 
Yes. I mean, it won't matter because Phil hasn't seen it, so he won't know. No. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who shares and tells people about his podcast and nice reviews about it. And, of course, uh, contributes to our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash dot let's chat. Yeah. Uh, we try to get stuff up there for fans. For the funds. For funds. We try to get stuff up there for funds. I'll be honest with you, it's getting on my nerves a bit. <laughs> Henry Winkler keeps hitting our podcast and saying, Eee. I keep saying, what broke it? It doesn't work like that anymore, Henry. It's digital. And then he gets stabbed in Scream. Oh. That was 20 years ago, Ben. Oh, no. <laughs> so, until next time on the Don't Let's Start Roadshow, I have been a heated beast. And I have been a talking bin. Same as it ever was. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.